Greetings and welcome to another Different Church Podcast. My name is Jarrett and I hope you are having an awesome day. I'm recording this intro at 11.40pm on a Sunday night. I feel like I'm doing this earlier than I have been recently, so that's nice. (laughs) Uh, Today was a really great day. Hannah talked about boundaries and I'm really excited to share her message with you here in a few minutes. Uh, But first, I want to tell you just about a couple huge things. Uh, Number one, we are uh, volunteering at St. Pete Pride in June. And the way they're running it this year um, is a little different than they've done it before. And it's going to last like multiple weeks and days. And we are going to have a booth there like four different days. So it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a lot of cool exposure. We're going to hopefully meet a lot of really cool people. we could definitely use some company if you want to come hang out. Uh, all you need to do is go to diff.church, and then from there you'll see a tab that says events. Just click on that, and you will see all of the days laid out. And whichever one makes sense for you, click on that one. And from there you can block off, like I think they're in two-hour shifts. Um, and so uh, pick a shift and come on out and hang out with, with us at Pride. We're going to be like giving away stickers, maybe selling some shirts. Uh, one day the uh, band is even going to play. So that's super cool. Uh, and we could just really use the help. Uh, speaking of using help, we are growing, which is super duper cool. Uh, we are definitely looking for more volunteer help on Sundays. <clears throat> we want to try and keep everything as easy as possible and not ask too much. A lot of, uh, I feel like a lot of churches sometimes put too much on the volunteers. It's cool. You know, if you want to be around every week and, and, and just jump in crazy like that, but a lot of people don't attend church like that these days, we need something a little more relaxed. And so we're usually at uh, about like once a month. So if you've got one Sunday a month, you can give to greet or be on the tech team or hold a baby in the nursery that would be super amazing and you can take care of that at diff.church as well Um, just reach out to us and let us know you'd like to help out okay so we're going to jump into uh, the boundaries message but before we do that um, at the beginning of uh, the message today Hannah gave a financial report and um, I kind of at first glance just thought that I would cut that out and just go straight to the message Uh, I feel like you know maybe most of the people listening don't really care so much but then I remembered the way that we're kind of treating our finances is is pretty different than most churches and I think people might actually be interested in what we're doing financially and uh, we're you've probably heard we are so excited that we are bringing on Hannah full-time in June so that's really cool so anyway instead of cutting out the financial report I'm just gonna leave it in because one of our core values is financial transparency you will know this if you get our newsletter if you've been around you can always ask where the money is going etc so just to give you an overview this is how kind of our finances work we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization so all donations are tax deductible Um, When money comes in, before we do anything with it, we take 10% off the top. We put it in a separate account to donate back into the community. We've donated to lots of places. Um, The most recent two we donated to um, was Baby Cycle last week. It's Pinellas County's only community diaper bank that provides diapers and formula and wipes for moms who and parents who cannot afford it. And as a mom of the baby, like I can't 
I can't even imagine not being able to have enough diapers for her. She goes through so many diapers. Um, and then we also donated to Reach St. Pete, which does a lot of work with um, our homeless community in St. Petersburg. We have partnered with them before, like in person to do events and also donated to them before. So they're a fantastic organization. So after we take the 10% out, we then take another 10% and put it in savings because being financially responsible is important to us, um, just in case something happens, like, I don't know, a pandemic. <laughs> um, so the rest of the money then goes into our operating budget, which you will see here. So in 2020, this is our slide. I don't know if you can read it. It might be small, but we received $122,672.31 in donations, which is crazy. That's so exciting. And I lost my place. <laughs> $20,000 of that was a grant. So basically we received $102,000 from individual people who believed in us. We don't have any organizational backing. We don't have like an institutional church behind us. We don't have like, what is it? An endowment that like colleges, we don't have any of that. We only exist because of people who believe in what we do. And so we had almost $73,000 in expenses and the net income is 49,000. That means the money left over after expenses. Now, just to let you know, <laughs> that is not a normal margin, profit margin for a nonprofit. The only reason that this slide looks like that is because there was a pandemic. So we were, we started a church and then three weeks later we had to completely shut down and go online, which cost virtually nothing for a few months. And then um, once we were able to reopen services, it, we were kind of stripped down, kind of small. We didn't have a lot of operations. We weren't doing groups. We weren't doing service projects because it wasn't possible. So that is why that looks like that. Now. Our expenses, just to give you a slide, this is a breakdown. Obviously, Sunday morning expenses are the most. This is what we do. <laughs> and um, basically, that includes rent. So that's our biggest expense. The next category you will see is charitable, contr charitable contributions. That, um, it technically is an expense, but it goes out before the money even makes it anywhere. So that goes off the top. Before we do anything, the charitable co contributions come up. So 17% of all money that went out last year went to other nonprofits and other organizations in St. Petersburg and Tampa. Tampa's cool too. <laughs> I got like three laughs from Tampa people. All the people in St. Peter are like, what, we don't go over the bridge? That sounds terrible. <laughs> so then after that, we have some administrative expenses that includes um, really boring stuff like insurance, licenses, um, like getting our nonprofit status filed, all kinds of boring things that an organization has to have to run. And then below that we have just advertising, training appreciation, and salary. So that's the expense breakdown. If you have any specific questions, please contact me. We are happy to tell you anything you want to know. Um, the one item that's going to change drastically for 2021 is salary. You will see that it was 3% of our expenses in 2020. That's because we didn't have any employees. <laughs> we were all just doing this. We all have full-time jobs and we decided different church should exist. So we just did it. Because the rest of the world was shut down, which was not positive, but because that happened, we were able to save a good portion of the income as you saw. Because of that, we are able to bring on a full-time employee starting June 1st. It's me. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it's me. <laughs> so this, I'm not nervous about it at all. Um, <laughs> this is a bit of a leap of faith for different, um, and also me personally, my last day with my non-church-related full-time job that I do Monday through Friday is this week. 
So I'm pretty dang excited about that, let me tell you. And I will be dedicating all of my time to different, which I'm so excited about, I basically can't even stand it. Have you guys ever seen um, Singing in the Rain, the musical? Two people. Okay, well, this joke is probably going to fall flat then. <laughs> so basically, it's about, like, they're making silent movies, and then they change to making movies with sound. And Singing in the Rain is going to be this musical. Well, the main lead actress who's in these silent musicals has the worst voice of all time. So she says, I can't stand it. <laughs> and my husband and I watched this on our honeymoon. And so for 10 years now, it's been a running joke. And there's this vocal coach that's like, no, it's not I can't stand it. It's I can't stand it. And she can't do it. She's like, I can't stand it. So for the three of you that have seen this movie, you're welcome. <laughs> Side note. But one of the reasons we are so excited to have a full-time employee is we have so many things that we want to do. And here are a couple of them. These are some of our goals for 2021, as well as bleeding into 2022. So there's going to be a lot of things coming down the pike. Groups, uh, classes, trainings. I will be able to actually meet with people in person, one-on-one, -on -one, instead of being like, you can come to my house at 7.30 after Nova goes to bed, and then y'all got to get out by 8.30 because I got to go to bed because she's going to be up at 3 a.m. <laughs> so you can get one hour of talking to me. And one thing Jarrett and I and Bree and I have discussed is starting or growing our online space. Now, when we started Different Church, we were like, we don't need online. We want people to come in person. <laughs> and then three weeks later, the world was like, you can only be online. <laughs> so that was great. But actually, we've been discussing this because I think that that was maybe a wrong perspective to have. Because in St. Pete, there is a small handful of churches, a small handful of places where you can go that is a safe space for all people to explore faith. Small handful. There are places around the country where there is no place. Not in someone's city, not in their whole county. They may have to drive hours to get to a space where they can show up and be fully themselves and explore faith. So... One of our goals, and it will be coming later this year, is to think how can we do online church instead of just streaming, like how can we actually provide an online space for people who have no access to any sort of safe space around them at all? Uh, maybe they're in South Carolina or Nevada or Idaho or I don't know, in another country. We want to be able to provide that, but that is going to take a lot of time and a lot of work, which we are up for, um, but just not possible currently. So there's a lot we want to do. It takes a lot of time to do all of those things, um, time which has not been available. So year to date, what is it, May 16th today? It's May sometime. <laughs> Once you have a kid, like, do you even know what day it is? I don't. I know it's Sunday because I'm here. <laughs> so we're about $40,000 in donations so far. Um, this is kind of where our supported leap of faith comes in. We are not jumping into this blindly, okay? We have planned this. If we take the average of what's coming in per month right now, if we don't bring in one more dime than that average per month for the rest of the year, we will still have enough to pay this salary. Um, we have an honesty policy. When I say we're financially transparent, I mean like we will tell you what's going on. We will tell you where your money is going. We give a financial report in our email newsletter every single month. And you will likely see that our expenses will take a significant jump <laughs> because we are going to be paying something that we were not paying previously at all. But I don't want you to worry. It may look like our expenses are more than our income. It may not. I don't know. But we have prepared for this. We have saved for this. We are not going into this blind. Our expectation is that the more time and energy and effort and love we can dedicate to different church, the more people will be reached. 
And if it doesn't work out, I promise you, I will find another source of income, okay? Um, the board and I personally, we would never do anything to jeopardize the financial future of different church because we need this to exist as much as you do. So basically, <laughs> I know you weren't expecting to get like numbers talk when you came to church today, but basically what I'm saying is thank you. I know thank you is two little words and it cannot encapsulate how grateful I am personally, how grateful the board is, Jarrett, Bree, and I. We are so impossibly like overwhelmed with gratefulness for all of you and that you have believed in us and that you have supported us and helped make different a reality because it would not have been our choice to start church before a pandemic. We just didn't know that was gonna happen. And most church plants don't make it, like the majority of church plants do not make it. And that is not, we are, we are staying. St. Pete is our home. We are gonna be here for a long haul. And that's because of you guys. Like I said, we don't have any institutional backing. We're just here because of people who believe in us. And we, so much love for you right now, okay? Everybody cool? Was that the uh, shortest and best budget report you've ever heard? Hopefully no one was like profoundly bored. <laughs> and like I said, if you have further questions, please come find me. And now on to the main attraction. It's still me. I'm not. <laughs> so today our subject matter is actually one that the community has been requesting. Many of you have asked for a discussion on this topic, and I'm very excited to do more of this in the future. Side note, if you don't follow us on Instagram, we're at Diff Church. You should follow us on Instagram because I'm going to do more of that in the future as well, like some Q&As, some video on community requested topics. And our topic today is boundaries. <laughs> it's a great topic. It's one that I believe in so strongly that I think I probably should not be the one to talk about it, but you get me. Uh, but later, in a few months, Olivia, who is the founder of Sunshine City Counseling, is going to come back and talk about boundaries, specifically boundaries in faith and how we can uphold those and what that means to us. So I'm very excited for you all to hear her again. But for now, here's some thoughts. Now, I've been thinking about this message for a while because it's been requested for a while. Like So many people have been like, I really struggle with boundaries. Can we talk about it? I kept putting it off. Why? Because I'm terrible at boundaries. So I really don't think that I should be able to stand up here and be like, well, here's what you should do. Here's the 27 steps to have wonderful boundaries, and I don't do them. You just do what I say, not what I do. I am still learning. This is not something I am good at. In fact, I have been putting a lot of effort, I would say specifically over the last two years, into getting better at boundaries. There's a few reasons I'm not good at boundaries. Maybe you resonate with some of them. Number one, I don't like confrontation. Like, I will let things slide a million times before I will call someone out on it. I don't like it when people are upset with me. It makes me all sad and stuff. I don't like disappointing people. I don't like not being able to meet other people's expectations. Here's another reason boundaries are hard. In order to set a boundary, you have to know what you actually want. Not what you think you want, like what do you actually want deep down? And that can be hard to pinpoint when you have emotions involved. So this morning, we're just gonna touch on boundaries internally and externally, boundaries with other people and boundaries with ourselves. So first, let's talk about boundaries with other people. I was reminded of this scripture verse this week and I think it fits perfectly. It's Matthew 5:37. This is Jesus talking. Jesus says, let your yes be yes 
and your no be no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Short and sweet, right? Is that so easy for all of you? How many times do we get ourselves in trouble? Because we can't be honest about what we need and how much is too much for us. We say yes, and then we back out at the last minute. Or we say yes, and we probably shouldn't have, and then we show up to do what we committed to do, and we just have a bad attitude the whole time, and we're really resentful about it. And alternatively, sometimes we say no, and then we don't stick to our no. We back down because other people may have a strong reaction. We might say no and then end up doing whatever it is anyways because we feel guilty. I hear you. Trust me. <laughs> I am preaching to myself. Being honest is really hard. And even, like, what happens when you work up the courage to be honest and set a boundary, but then you have to feel like you have to qualify everything you just said with a thousand reasons why you can't do it. Instead of just being like, I'm sorry, I can't do that right now. We were like, well, I can't do that because on that day, I have these three things that I have to do, and also my mom needs me to call her, and I have to, <laughs> here's all the reasons I can't do it. Please don't be mad at me. Another difficult thing about boundaries is that when we set one, we tend to have this idea that other people who are on the receiving end of our boundaries should just accept our boundaries with joy. Like, oh, I'm so happy for you. You set that boundary, yes. <laughs> Way to go. Okay, I'm going to put a phrase on the screen. This is a very popular phrase on social media. I have seen it constantly recently. It says, the only people who get upset when you set boundaries are the ones who benefited from you having none. Now, I feel like it should be said with snapping fingers, like, the only people <laughs> who get upset when you set boundaries are those who benefited from you having none. How many of you have heard this phrase? Anybody? Okay, a lot of you. Um, this may not be a popular opinion. I think this is crap. And here's, now I get the sentiment, okay? I know that it feels right. We're like, yeah, people don't agree with our boundaries. <laughs> it feels right to us. But I think it's actually wrong. We have been somehow conditioned to think that other people should react the way we want them to. And if they don't, they're the problem. No. Stop it. <laughs> we can't do that, and this is why. We do not get to dictate other people's feelings. And that is essentially what this is. How dare this other person be upset by me setting a boundary? If they're upset, then they didn't really love me in the first place. They should be on board with everything I say automatically, and if they're not on board, then they're toxic. I need to cut this relationship out of my life. That doesn't work. That is not how boundaries work. That is not how humans work. Okay, setting the boundary is your job. Not from a knee-jerk reaction, but thoughtful consideration. What do you really want? What do you really need? And once you figure out what you want and what you need, the only person you need to convince is yourself. Quit trying to convince other people to agree with you. The only person you need to convince is yourself. And here's the flip side of that. Other people are allowed to have feelings about what you're doing. They don't have to be happy, right? 
them not being happy about your boundary does not mean A, that you set a terrible boundary and you need to reevaluate, or B, that they're um, awful and you need to find a new family and new friends. People are allowed to be upset when things change. They're allowed to feel whatever they want to feel. We don't get to dictate other people's feelings. The only person you have to convince is yourself. You are responsible for convincing yourself of what you need and then calmly holding it. You are not responsible for other people's feelings unless you're just being a jerk. Don't take that and run with it, okay? <laughs> but if you are calmly stating what you need, you are not responsible for how other people feel about that. You are not responsible for convincing them that this is the right thing to do. So here's a couple of examples. Like if you have kids, you tell your kid, something's over. The playground is over. Screen time, over. They're just so happy about that, aren't they? Oh, thank you, Father, <laughs> for taking away my iPad. No, <laughs> no one's gonna be happy about this. So here's a script. I know you're upset that screen time is over. You are allowed to be upset. It is my job as your parent to keep you safe and make decisions that I think are best for you. Screen time is over right now. We will have more time tomorrow. Here's another example. You don't have kids. Say you have a family member who keeps saying something to you and it's rude or it upsets you. You tell someone, you tell this family member, don't speak to me that way. And they get upset and tell you, well, you're just being too sensitive. Well, why are they upset? Because, first of all, they're probably feeling defensive. <laughs> and change is hard. And they've been able to speak to you this way for a long time. So here's a script. Could sound something like this. Please don't speak to me that way. I have been working on being honest when things upset me and those words upset me. You don't have to convince the other person to see your side or to agree with you. You do not have to convince other people out of their negative feelings. The only person you need to convince is yourself and then calmly hold the boundary. No is a complete sentence. Not usually in my life. I'm like, no, because. <laughs> I, this is really hard for me. No is actually a complete sentence. You do not need to qualify your response with a thousand explanations as to why. No, or no thank you, or please stop, or stop, I don't like that. All complete sentences. And then, if a person is continually disrespecting that boundary and refuses to honor it, that's the point where you get to evaluate the relationship. We have to start letting our yes be yes. Like when we say yes, we need to mean it. When I, we say no, we need it to be no, and I know that that one's harder. You don't have to go to great lengths to prove yourself worthy of a boundary. Convince yourself, set it, Calmly keep your word. It's easier said than done, right? Go forth and set all the boundaries. You won't have any issues. <laughs> so there's one thing to talk about boundaries with other people, but what about when it comes to boundaries with ourselves? There's no one to respond to, just us. And how many times per week, per day even, do we tell ourselves yes or no, and then we immediately do not stick to that? Like, here's a phrase I heard last week. It hit me so hard. I was just like, huh, well, that wasn't very nice. 
It was a comment on Instagram. I was just scrolling, you know. You can, this is the phrase. You can never get enough of what you don't need. And I instantly was like, I feel attacked. <laughs> Why would you say that? It wasn't even said to me. I just saw it. It was out in the world. I came across it, and I was like, ooh, no. I don't like that. <sighs> I immediately was able to apply it to my life. So here's one way I was able to apply this to my life. So when Nova was born, I was up like approximately 1,000 times per night feeding her. I could barely stay awake. I was practically dying, okay? And I would scroll my phone at night just to keep my eyes open, which was a lifesaver. But she's five months old now, so she really only gets up to eat one time per night. I don't really need to scroll my phone all the time to stay awake. I'm getting a little bit more sleep but I still want to. And since I don't need it in the middle of the night anymore, I just find myself looking at my phone constantly. Like every five seconds, I'm looking at my phone. And I am not against screens. I love screens. I love movies. I love TV. I work on a screen. Screens are life. But this feels different because I can never get to the end of it. I can never get enough of it. And why? Because screen time is designed to give us good feelings with zero effort on our part. It is designed so that we can never get enough of it. So this is just an example of something I'm working on for myself. What are you working on for yourself? The things we really need in life, we can actually get enough of. Like, we can get enough food. I might not be able to get enough french fries, but I for sure can get enough, like, roast chicken and green beans. I'm never like, well, today I ate three roast chickens. No, <laughs> because at some point your body says, this is enough, I'm satisfied. We can get enough love, not of relationships that drain us and exhaust us and make us doubt ourselves, but enough of relationships that fill our tank and support us and lift us up. There's a point where we feel full and content in a good relationship. We can get enough of all the most important things in life. We get to be content, we get to be satisfied, and what we don't need we can never get enough of. So how can we let our yes be yes and our no be no when we're talking to ourselves? That's just something to ponder this week. And I'm going to end with the same verse we started on, but it's a beautiful translation by Eugene Peterson, who is the translator of the Message Bible, if you've heard of that. This is still Jesus talking. And this is what he says. And I think it's beautiful, and I think it's hard, <laughs> as many things in Scripture are. This is Jesus talking. Don't say anything you don't mean. Mm. Why are you going to say that to me, Jesus? <laughs> don't say anything you don't mean. This counsel is embedded deep in our traditions. What does that mean? Our whole culture is like, say all the things you don't mean. Just say them. You will only make things worse when you lay down a smokescreen of pious talk, saying, I'll pray for you and never doing it, saying, God be with you and not meaning it. You don't make your words true by embellishing them with religious lace. In making your speech sound more religious, it becomes less true. Just say yes and no. When you manipulate words to get your own way, you go wrong. And please understand, I'm not calling anybody out in here. 
I'm preaching to myself. I'm preaching to the choir myself. It's so easy to say things we don't mean. It's so easy to say yes and we don't mean it and no and we don't mean it and then we never stick to it and then we... The phrase, when you manipulate words to get your own way, you go wrong, we think of like manipulating other people, but really we're trying to protect ourselves, usually. We're like, I can't do that. Or I gotta say yes because then this person will be upset with me or I just can't deal with this right now. But we're going wrong because we are not being honest. We are not being true. And do you know what faith can do for us? Jesus gives us the ability to be liberated from that. To be able to be honest about who we are. To be able to be honest about what we believe. To be able to show up with our full selves and be welcomed and accepted wholly and completely. And we don't have to pretend. We only make things worse when we lay down a smoke screen. So I'm going to leave you actually with three questions to think about this week. What is a boundary you can set in your life with other people? What is a boundary that you can set that you are convinced of and that you can hold calmly? What is something in your life feels like you can never get enough of? And finally, where can you be more honest with yourself and say what you really mean, yes or no? Let's pray. God, help us to be honest. It's hard. It's so much easier to have a smoke screen, to hide our vulnerabilities. It's so much easier to not say what we mean. It's so much easier to try and protect ourselves because of maybe things that have happened in our past or maybe things, maybe the way people have reacted to us. It's so much easier to build a wall than it is to step into the freedom that you offer us and say, this is who I am and this is what is acceptable to me. And that's okay. Give us courage. And give us peace. And when we're too afraid or too nervous or have too much anxiety to say what we really mean, may the Spirit whisper in our ear and say, the only person you have to convince is yourself. You are already accepted. You are already whole. You are already forgiven. You are already everything you need. Amen. Amen.